thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. But what is evil? I want to define evil this morning as anything that we put between us and God. Anything that we put between us and God. Even sometimes the stuff that's good Because there can be good stuff that we do, but we put it between us and God. And actually, God says, seek me first, and everything else will be added to you. Seek me first, and everything else will be added unto you. I don't want to focus on the delight and evil bit, because love rejoices in the truth. I believe if we focus on reaching the truth, then actually that's far more important than thinking, what am I not allowed to do? You know, if you said said to your children, here's a list of things you're not allowed to do, what are they going to do? They're going to, well, I don't know if they would do every one of them. I think if you've specifically said to them, here's a list of what you can't do, I think they'll look at a list of things that you've missed. (laughs) Do you not think? I think they'll think, right, what's not on that list that I can still get away with? Maybe I'm just thinking about myself. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm revealing a bit too much of my inner character here. But I think if we gave kids a list of things you're not allowed to do, they will look for the loopholes. Yeah? So let's look at the things that God says is true. Let's rejoice in the truth this morning. John wrote three letters to the church, and all three of them contain one verse that sort of talks about this. In the first letter, he's worried about the church. He's worried about false teachers. He's worried about the opposite of truth. He's worried about the things that are being taught that aren't correct. Because sometimes we like to hear things that just stroke our egos a bit, don't we? Sometimes we like to hear things that actually make us feel good. And that's important. It's good to build one another up, but it's also good to recognize actually the things we need to turn away from. So 1 John chapter 1 verse 6 should come up on the screen, and he writes this to the church that is worried about lies. He's worried about false teachers. It says this, if we claim to have fellowship with him, that's God, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie, and we don't live out the truth. In other words, if we walk in the darkness, we can't be in the light. Where there's light, there can be no darkness. It's true, isn't it? Yeah? Roz, I've told you before, Roz struggles to sleep if there's a standby light on in the room. You know, she says she can see it. Roz, she's wonderful, my wife, but she must have the world's thinnest eyelids, is all I can say. Because she'll say, I can still see it. I'm like, you really can't. (laughs) I can, I can see it. I can see that little red dot that's somewhere. There's a light on. So, oh... I, do you know what? I try and get away with as much light as I can to see. When, she, when, you know, when she's just drifting off, I think, right, will she, see, will she see this if I start reading my book? <laughs> will she see this? And actually, that's not good because I'm not rejoicing in the truth there. But actually, love rejoices in the truth. That verse in 1 John says we can't have it both ways. We can't be Hannah Montana this morning. There's an old reference. She sang a song, the best, go on, you were going to sing it then, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the best of both worlds. No, you can't have that, because actually, the best is his. The best of both worlds doesn't exist, because actually, the best is God's kingdom. 
That's what the Bible tells me. That's what the truth tells me. His second letter says this. Again, there were false teachers getting in. Don't worry, they're practicing the nativity. That's where the music's coming from, if you can hear it. It's very loud, isn't it? Very loud. Okay, turn it down. It's all like my mum. Right. The false teachers were coming in in the second letter. People were saying this. There's more than one way to get to God. People still say that today, don't they? There's more than one way. There's more than one way to get to God. You know, they're all the same God. He's just called different names. That's what people say. But actually, what did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus said. So if there's more than one way to God, Jesus is a liar. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, comes to the Father except through me. That is the truth of what Jesus says in his word, the truth. It's not me making that up. That is there in Scripture. That's what Jesus said. 2 John chapter 1, verse 4, he writes this to the church. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And then in 3 John chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, he says this. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth. Your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Those two verses, those two passages tell me that when somebody sees their children walking in the truth, it makes you rejoice, doesn't it? Parents, when you see your children walking in the truth or sharing what's true, we rejoice, yeah? Yeah, we rejoice. You know, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. I love it when my kids, who are now adults really, are doing the right things. You know, Joel, when he was down in Bristol, used to find a man who slept in a church doorway in the town that he lived in. And nearly every night, I think he went along and put a drink next to the sleeping man's head and gave him a sausage roll to eat in the morning because he wanted to say, I love you. And he didn't know any other way. But that's what he did. And he'd be embarrassed if I told you now. Chloe nudged me to help the homeless in Manchester. She said, we need to get something and give it out. We can go and get a load of sausage rolls from Greg's. And then you find that the situation's overwhelming, isn't it? Because there's so many. But what is love? Love is giving. You know, Love delights and rejoices in the truth. I love that my kids want to do that. And I love their heart behind it because they're walking in the truth there. They're walking in the truth. They don't always. <laughs> There's times where I despair, but they probably despair of me because we don't always walk in the truth and love is walking in the truth. So are we walking in the truth? Are we walking in what's right and what's true? Greatest rejoicing ever when they made a commitment to follow Jesus. You know, we've got Corey on the front row here who when he was very, very young, and he used to have snot dripping out of his nose. In fact, somebody who was possibly going to hear this morning said, if you've still got that lad with you, he looks like a candle. Um, but Corey has developed into a... a <laughs> sorry, that wasn't delighting. That was delighting in evil. I'm sorry. <laughs> Love rejoices in the truth. And I can remember being at Keswick Convention... And Corey, having heard God's word and decided, you know what, I want to say yes to Jesus. And he talked to Joel in the middle of Fat Face, I think it was, in the, in the Keswick Town Centre. 
And Corey said to Joel, I'm going to go tonight. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And Joel, in the middle of Fat Face in Keswick, went, you don't have to wait till tonight. Let's do it here in Fat Face. <laughs> you know, all oh, the exuberance of youth, the boldness that says, let's pray in Fat Face. You know, people just pray for my Fat Face, sadly. But, <laughs> but let's pray in Fat Face. And Corey gave his life to Jesus in a shop on Keswick High Street. It doesn't have to be in a spectacular venue. But you know what? We delighted as his foster carers that he was walking in the truth. We, de- we were delighted. We rejoiced in that. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the truth? Because that's a really difficult question today, isn't it? It's a really difficult question. You know, if you open the newspaper, anyone actually buy a newspaper anymore? Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you buy a newspaper, you've got to understand when you buy that newspaper, there is a, 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 an element of bias in that newspaper. Whichever newspaper you read, even the independent will have an element of bias. So you need to check facts. The internet is even worse, isn't it? People share things on Facebook as if it's fact. And if you do a little bit of digging, you discover that it's just not true. You know, the one that's confused me this week alone in the run-up to the election was the story of a boy on the floor in a hospital. And actually, there's two different stories going around. And so we've got to research what we see. We cannot just accept blindly what is said to us. You know, Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples, lived his life that way. He's called Doubting Thomas. But Jesus returned from the dead to all the other disciples, and Thomas came back having missed it, and they all went, whoa. Jesus was here, and he went, do you know what? I'll only believe it if I see it for myself. And if I touch his hands and I feel his side, and I see it for myself. I don't want my faith to be based on just what one person says. And that's what I believe is true, that actually Christianity encourages us to question. Thomas wasn't doubting Thomas, he was questioning Thomas. Because he wasn't prepared to just accept it as its face value. And then later he did see it for himself and he went, my Lord and my Saviour. He recognised Jesus for who he was. We've got to be careful that we don't just see a story and share it. There are spoof newspapers around that delight in sharing silly stories. Some of them are obvious, some of them aren't. Do you know there is a story that has circulated in the press for over 30 years that is not true? And it comes up, it cropped up in the Manchester Evening News, it cropped up in a Thailand national paper, it cropped up in the Sydney Herald in Australia, and it's cropped up again and again on the internet. And the headline was, Hippo Eats Dwarf. And what they said happened was there was a touring circus I don't think that's very, I think that's delighting in evil there, Maria. I think laughing at the hippo, the dwarf's downfall. Hippo eats dwarf. And what it was is they said there was a circus and there was this uh, dwarf, dwarf who was trampolining next to a hippo that yawned and he slipped off the trampoline and was swallowed by the hippo. And the papers have reported that for over 30 years as a true story. But it's not true. And yet so often we see something, we get outraged, we share it and we go, oh, that's terrible. Let's be a little bit more withdrawn and go, do you know what? Let's check our facts. Let's check what is true. You only have to go on Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat to find stories that have no root. If someone this week asked me, who should I vote for? (laughs) There's a tough question. Somebody said, who should I vote for? My response was this. Don't just vote for someone because somebody else tells you to. Do some research. Look at what they're promising. Look at what they're going to do. You know, 
I didn't vote for any of the main parties. I'm going to share this out here because the next bit is important. But we did email them last time there was a general election. We emailed all four main parties, or I did, to say, would you come and share with our church prayer meeting what you would like us to pray for? And there was only one who replied. I won't tell you who it was. But there was only one who replied. So that general election, who do you think I voted for? The one who replied to me. And you would be shocked if you knew who it was. <laughs> but actually, the truth is fact, isn't it? Even if you read up for yourself, it's a minefield of misinformation out there. You know, and this week, whatever you've, whatever you've decided this week, however you feel about the general election, and I'm not getting political because I don't, however you feel about Thursday's result, what did Jesus say? He said, don't worry about what tomorrow brings. Put me first. That's what he says. Because today has enough worries of its own. So everyone who, who's worried about, we can't worry yet because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. What we do know is that today we can live. And today we can give. And today we can rejoice in the truth. What else did Jesus say? He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll never let you down. You know, what else did he say? He said, you know, the Bible tells us he's sovereign that he reigns over. So that's what the Bible tells me about Thursday's result. Whoever got in, whoever won, whoever was victorious, Jesus is the truth. You know, the truth is that people will not always get it right. People will not always get it right. But God can always be trusted. I want to rejoice in that this morning, that God can always be trusted, that he's the same today, yesterday, and forever, that it doesn't matter what tomorrow will bring so long as we're with him. And that might seem very naive, but it's not because we see the proof and the evidence of God at work, and we see the evidence of Jesus with us, and the people who walk the most closest to him, you see the evidence of his supply and support. If you don't see that, can I challenge you to read a a book like Brother Andrew's God's Smuggler? You will see God, his provision on every page. In a man who didn't have it all, but he had Jesus. Whatever happened, do you know, whatever happened on Thursday, we as the church still need to be Jesus' hands and feet to our community. Whoever was in power, that's what we've got to do, and we've got to glorify God. Not glorify government, glorify God. We've got to rejoice in the truth. We still need to step up and help others. Shirley's asking for people to help on the coffee rotor. If you drink tea and coffee, you need to step up. <laughs> okay? We've had people on the welcome team. If you want a warm welcome in church, you need to step up. Because love rejoices in the truth. You know, we still need to love our town. And guess what the Bible also says? We still need to love our enemies. <laughs> Whoever is in charge. God is in charge. You know, I'm going to read. I haven't got a timer these days, so that's my excuse. I haven't got a lot left to say, honest. Three minutes. Okay, I've definitely got a bit more than that. But anyway, Mark, it's all those pictures at the beginning. That's what I blame. I blame Jeff Chad. That's fine. Okay. Because he can take, you've got big shoulders, haven't you, Jeff? So that's fine. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 22 tells a situation Jesus found himself in. It says this, the words are on the screen. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. 
You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud honor and honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Love is not proud. Anyway, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Do you know, Jesus looks at you this morning and me this morning, and he loves you. He loves you. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, Jesus looks at you and he loves you, just like he did this young man. And Jesus looked at him and loved him, and he said, one thing you lack. He said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. In verse 22, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. As I read that story, it sounds like that man is delighting in the truth, doesn't it? Because he's saying, yes, I've kept your commands. Yes, I've done that. I've followed that. But actually, if you look at that, he only kept the bottom half of the Ten Commandments. He kept the bottom six. Doesn't say anything about the top four. What are the top four? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yeah. Observe the Sabbath. Have a rest. You know, don't worship idols. There's three of them. I've got only three minutes. I need to be quick. So, I was hoping you would be so good that you'd shout them out. Anyway, he was quite proud. He was a good person, wasn't he? Yeah? He's kept those rules. He's a good person. No major problems. But he hasn't kept the most important ones. That is to love God first and foremost. If you read the message version of this passage, it says this in verse 22. The man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off with a heavy heart. Why? He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. This isn't about the man having money. This isn't about the man having wealth. This is a story of what the man delighted in. This isn't a story of being, a, if you empty your bank account and give it to the poor, it will make you a Christian. This is a story of what do you treasure in your heart? What do you rejoice in? Because love rejoices in the truth. What is truth? The truth is the word of God. What is truth? What does the truth say? That we need to delight in it. So what does that mean? Love your enemy. Woo! Okay, not that excited about that one. Right. So that means love and pray for Boris or Corbyn, whoever you don't like. Love and pray for our government. Whoever it is, whether you love them or loathe them, pray for them. Because love is. Love is rejoicing in the truth. The word of God is the truth. Do you know, does the Bible say something you really don't like? Does it? I think sometimes it does. I think it challenges us. And maybe sometimes we hear things and we feel uncomfortable. Well, maybe that's God saying, stop holding tight to the things you need to let go. It might be money. You might worship money. That might be your idol. Jesus knew this man's heart. He knew that he loved money above all else. And so his challenge was, yes, you've kept those laws, but you've not put God first. But you've not put God first. Money was everything to him. If money is everything to you, you need to let go. It doesn't mean give it all away necessarily. It just means don't worship it. Don't live every day for it. If work is your idol, don't worship it. If family is your idol, family is a good thing, isn't it? Don't worship it. Worship God. I've often said, for me to be the best husband I can be, I need to put God before Ros. 
for me to be the best dad I can be, I need to put God before my kids. Because all these things will be added unto me if I seek him first, yeah? Yes. You know, what is truth? It's God's word. Jesus himself is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man or woman comes to the Father except him. What Jesus says is true. The man went away sad. He didn't delight in evil, surely. He just went away sad. Why? Because Jesus was saying you need to stop that. You need to put that down. You need to put that down for you to be complete. You need to put that down for you to be free. You need to put that aside and put me in first place. You need to put me on the throne of your heart and only then will you be free. Only then will you achieve that life to the full. Only then will you know what it is to be content. The man didn't delight in evil, but he didn't rejoice in the truth. He went away sad. Do you know, many of us, Sometimes we might walk away sad from Jesus. Maybe we talk to people about Jesus and they walk away from us. Do you know, they walked away from Jesus. So let's not beat ourselves up. <laughs> but they walked away from what was true. Because love rejoices in the truth. Do you know, it's a great joy to see many of you in this congregation walking in the truth. It's a great joy to see people sharing their faith in different ways. People being bold. It's a great joy gives me great joy to see people growing because love rejoices in the truth. You know, maybe this morning we rejoice more in a relationship than we rejoice in God. Maybe we rejoice in a relationship that we know isn't going to bring us closer to God. If that's the case, Jesus might be saying to you this morning, stop holding tight to that relationship. That's hard. Maybe... We rejoice more in a substance that we know isn't going to bring us closer to God. If that's the case, Jesus this morning is saying to you, stop holding tight to that substance and rejoice in the truth. And then you'll be free. Then you'll be complete. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's sex. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's pride. But love does not delight in those things. It does rejoice in the truth. And when we rejoice in the truth... The truth is this, that Jesus will take you as you are, but he doesn't want you to stay there. The truth is he will take you as you are, but he wants you to be transformed. The truth is he wants to take us on a journey from darkness into light. He wants us to grow up in his truth. He wants us to go and sin no more. Do you know, just like I love to see my kids growing up and when they make some good choices, I rejoice. God rejoices as you walk in his ways. Is that exciting? So do we want to see our Father rejoice? Walk in his ways. Walk in his truth. Rejoice in the truth. And recognize that the opposite is delighting in evil. That's the black and white of it. That's the difficulty. I want to finish by reading this. Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Sounds good, doesn't it? A tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Do we want to prosper? Then we need to walk in his truth. We need to rejoice in his truth. 
We need to look at the things we're holding on to that get in the way of God, and we need to say, God, I'm sorry, and we need to put them to one side. As hard as that is, because we either rejoice in the truth or we're going to go away sad. Which will it be? Love does not delight in evil. It doesn't delight in darkness. It doesn't delight in others' misfortune. It doesn't delight in occult practices. It doesn't delight in substances. But it does rejoice in the truth. And it's not what's your truth, I'll tell you mine. It's Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Let's pray. Father God, sometimes we we get it wrong um, and sometimes we do walk closely to you. Father, help us this week particularly just to examine the things we hold close, the things we hold tight. May each one of us come before you with an honest heart and say, God, show me the things I need to put away. Show me the things that stop me from a full relationship with you. Maybe that will take a lot of difficult searching. Maybe that will take a struggle to get away from. But Father God, I pray this morning that people will know it is worth it because you promise life to the full. You promise contentment. You don't promise it's easy and you don't promise it's full of roses, but you do promise that it's full, that it will be like trees by the water, that we will be fruitful. So, Father God, I pray for each person in here, me included. I pray, Lord, that we will examine our hearts and throw the things off the throne in our hearts that get in the way of Jesus sitting there. I pray, Lord, that this morning we will rejoice in your truth, but we will rejoice in the truth that is Jesus, that he died to set us free, that he rose again, defeating sin and death. And that he is a God who can work miracles. I thank you for all that you bless us with. And I pray, Lord, that we will not take it for granted. But that we will walk in step with you. Amen. We're going to just sing a little bit of of worship as we come to a close. But um, our prayer team, if you can stand and just be at the sides. Maybe this morning as I've spoken, you've felt a bit uncomfortable and you've known there's something that you are putting before God. And all of us can have something. But maybe this morning there is something that is really stirring in you. I want to encourage you to go and receive prayer this morning. And just, you don't need to tell the person who's praying for you what it is. You don't need to divulge your history. You just need to go and say, I want to give myself to Jesus. If that's you, as we worship, just stand where you are and go to one of the people. We've got Isabel and Rebecca, and Isabella even, and Liam and Raymond and Barry at the back. There are more available. So if there's a queue, you just have to wait. We need to be, love is patient. <laughs> but whatever it is we're putting in front of him this morning, we need to let go. We need to let go. So we're going we're gonna to worship. There will be our normal collection as we do this. But let's examine our hearts. Let's not leave from here this morning and go away sad from our encounter with Jesus. But let's go from here rejoicing in the truth of who he is.